And we're back with you on The Few Football Every Week. Ryan Curley. Jackson Strickland. And we are excited to uh, talk about football as usual. Uh, big week uh, this past weekend and another big week coming up in a couple days, especially because of the, the noon kickoff between Penn State and Ohio State. We'll get into all of that later. We just kind of want to start with a few uh, big pieces of news that's kind of circulated over the last few days before we break down what happened in week 12. Yeah, we can um, talk about some good news first. Yes. Start, start yeah. with the fact that Chase Young is expected back this week um, in their biggest game of the year, I would say. Yes, um, for sure. At least during the regular season, biggest game of the year. They've, I think they've got much bigger games coming up, which um, uh. <laughs> a lot of that you can contribute to Chase Young's success. Um Quite frankly, like I'm, I'm glad he's back, but they didn't. They didn't miss they a beat with him. him. No, <laughs> they didn't need him, and no. that just kind of shows you how complete the Buckeye defense really is. Even against Maryland Rutgers, I mean, yeah, two man. teams that aren't expected to like. I mean, they did let up it. 21 against Rutgers. I will say that that wasn't expected. They didn't cover the 55 point spread, so. I mean, that's a <laughs> that's a tough task. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even Clemson isn't being given 55 point spreads, and, and then you got LSU over here struggling too. Um, when in we know a, their offense sense. could, in a sense, they're yeah, struggling. Yeah, we know that their their team, if you know, recruited and coached right, could probably have fifty five point spreads. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the offense they have, but, um, um, yeah, extremely happy for that good news that Chase Young is back. I know that. You know, we haven't heard much in the past couple of weeks about, you know, pair, players getting paid and all that stuff, just because it was yeah. the hotline for, um, the hot headline for a week or two, and then it went away because. You know, life goes on and there's no new news with it and we just have to wait for it to develop. But, you know, with something this drastic happening, one one of the best players in college football, undisputedly just um not even Maybe the best. Maybe the best. Football. I know there's scouts. I was reading some uh some draft information on him and one of the scouts said best defensive prospect I've ever scouted, better than Clowney, better than Miles Garrett, better than the Bosa brothers. I was like, dang, I don't maybe. I, I mean, that's, <laughs> we'll see how he plays. Yeah, we'll see sure. if he gets uh, um, six sacks on Sean Clifford, who's uh, improving every week. I think. Yeah, and Sean Clifford actually the um, has more passing yards than Justin Fields now. As you said, we were talking about that before recording. As you said, Justin Fields isn't playing the second half very often. No, I don't uh, think he. he I think he's probably going quarters. to in this game. Uh, I don't see like a like extreme blowout happening. Although the spread was. Uh, which we'll obviously get into is bigger than what I thought it was going to be. But um, kind of more on the, the bad news side of what's kind of happened this this past uh, weekend. Tua Tagovailoa oh, injured. Uh, I actually happened to be just flipping through, um, watching the, the noon slate, and uh, I actually saw it live. Right. And it wasn't super gruesome. Uh, I didn't like. No, I mean, I didn't watch the fall and was like, "Oh man!" Like I didn't have to like close my eyes or anything. But I knew I was like, "Oh, that that probably hurt." And then when he didn't get up, I was like, "Oh, did he just re-sprain his ankle? Did he already break his ankle?" Turns out, I didn't have to do with any of that. Um, dislocated hip and posterior wall fracture um, in the leg, and so obviously out for the season. I don't really know what the timetable is for his return. He had successful surgery on Monday, but just sad. Uh, College football, great for sure. Um, awesome to watch. And uh, his Alabama career is most likely over as the 2020 draft nears, but obviously that's that's a muddy future now. Yeah, um, for everyone that, you know, goes straight to, straight to, oh, Nick Saban shouldn't have had him in, blah, 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 and, like, he shouldn't even been playing the game. Well, mm. you've got a player that's one of the best that's ever come through the program to Alabama, one of the best quarterbacks. He's statistically the best quarterback in yeah. Alabama history. One of the best quarterbacks to ever come through the SEC, one of the best players in college football right now. You've got a player that already got already had to miss a game because of an injury, a player that obviously loves the sport and doesn't even get to play second half for the most part yeah. um, in most of his games. Um, he's battled injuries before, and he's come back even stronger each time. And it's just a student that loves to play football – and when what it was first half, was it not? It was the last drive of the first half, and Nick Saban said that yeah, was going to be cool. his last drive. He wasn't going to play second half. Exactly. And so, what he, so like, 
everyone thought Mac Jones was going to start. No one actually thought Tua was even going to play, like, going into the game because it was like, oh, Tua, he's sore. Might as well sit him. It's just Mississippi State. And then and during the warm-up, it was a different warm-up. It wasn't Tua's normal warm-up, and Mac Jones was warming up just as much. And then all of a sudden, when they go out on offense, Tua just jumps in the huddle. And I, I don't think he was even going to play. I think he probably convinced Saban right before, like, yeah, I'm ready. I want to play. And then um, – so it's just kind of it's sad to watch. Uh, definitely, this is going to be something that is talked about in discussions with the Fair Pay to Play Act, because Tua potentially, like we don't know how he's going to recover from this. His football career could be over. Yeah, and he's a college student, and he was a Heisman runner up last year, one of the best players in the country. And there's going to be this argument like he didn't get to benefit off of his name, image, and likeness when he was at the peak of his game. And this is going to be something that's talked about in that. And it's not like an NFL player that where he can maybe wait a year or two after like making this yeah. money and then go get a job at SEC or ACC or ESPN or no. something. He's so young. I mean, he's, what, 20, 21 years old probably? Yeah, I, I, would, I think um, he's 21. I don't think there's you know much of a job opportunity for him. I don't know what his like, major and his education uh, yeah. has been so far, but um, obviously his plan for the past – you know, at least three or four years has been NFL, NFL, NFL. Yeah, and everyone, um, and he was the, for a while, undisputed going to be the number one pick. Everyone thought, you know, he still could have been. Right. For all we know, he still might be. I don't think that's the case anymore, but uh, unless a team is just in love with his game and thinks he's going to recover, um, that's probably Burrow or Herbert's title now. But, um, but basically what I was saying is, like, you can't, you can't necessarily like jump on a coach that hard and that fast without no, without knowing and like I don't know. I mean, it's a player that wants to play football, a player that's amazing at football. It's not like they put him in there uh, with a torn ACL like uh, Georgia State's quarterback did this week. I yeah. like that is just plain stupid in my opinion. Yeah. Like one, you're Georgia State. You're not competing for the national championship no. you're not competing no, for any that was stage like their big game of the year against app state and that's why they did that but yeah but like you have a torn acl and you're risking no yeah your you're... career as a football player um as an athlete as someone who can yeah. just walk and jog normally for two it was it was a sore i don't know who knows how healed his ankle really was um after having surgery because it was very it was very unclear as to what like the details were with that, like how healthy he was and everything. Well, right, I mean, but and that doesn't like have anything to do with his. Um, exactly, with the, his hip had not. I mean, yeah, you can say that maybe it played a factor because the only thing I could say it played a factor is he wasn't uh, fast enough to get away from the hit, which maybe he could have evaded if he wasn't. I didn't really get to watch the game. It but was, did you see him like slower than normal? Maybe. Uh, I didn't watch. Like I literally flipped to the channel right before it happened. So it's your fault. That's it what was, you're saying. I flipped and it just got hurt. It no, was see, wild. I was I was in Clemson this weekend, at least for like most of the day Saturday until I drove back to Athens. But my mom texted me when I was at another tailgate, and she said, two is out for the season." That's like that was the text, and I just replied, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "What happened?" And I like, I tuned in, tuned into ESPN on my phone or whatever. Um, and they were like trying to report on. They're like, we're not really sure what happened. Yeah, because they didn't know what it but was. But they at first. all they like could say is that they heard screams and that he had a bloody nose along with that. Yeah, and because then, he landed on his face when yeah. it happened. Oh, and then he was being when he was being like carted off the field. Um, like the trainer was like a big spoon. He's like the little spoon, like cuddling type of thing. <laughs> and and like people were like, why is he in that position? Like, what's going on? What's yeah. wrong? Yeah. And then come to find out, he's screaming in the locker room. And then they take someone else to the locker room right after. I can't even remember. Uh, it was I don't know. I mis- think it was, it was a- like a huge mistake player. Um, I don't think it was quarterback. Maybe it was running back or something or leading uh-huh. receiver. But it was somebody that like quickly went in after him. And they're like, yeah, he's gonna have to share the X-ray room with Tua, who's who's in there now and still in excruciating pain and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like it's heart wrenching. And for anyone that celebrates, yes, Alabama's like definitely out of the playoff they have no chance anymore blah blah blah. think like think about this guy's career this guy's yeah, life okay. that's now like literally altered because he got tackled in an awkward position and it, like Saban said right after the game he said it was a freak play it had nothing to do with his ankle as far as we know and um, I don't know it was just yeah and the 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 good thing you take out of this is uh 
he's in good spirits. They, I know there was yeah. a video that went viral of him dancing right before he went to surgery. He's a happy guy. He tweeted out, uh, thank you, and God has a plan and all that. So obviously he's in good spirits. He's a kind of a happy-go-lucky guy. Um, but this is uh, the future's unclear for him. Uh, I don't really know what to what to think about it right now. Obviously, we'll find out within the coming months, you know, his NFL plans. And uh, But I definitely think he's not going to be the number one or pick anymore uh, if he even no. enters the draft because that's not 100% anymore either um, he might stay if they tell him yeah you'll be back in a few months you'll be fine you could play next year you know would that be beneficial for him to do yeah, and I, like, well, and, no. but for anyone that's counting on that and counting on oh he'll be fine in a year it's just like it's probably like an ACL surgery or something yeah. where like you got like Derek 10 to 12 Rose. months but Think Bo, about I mean, this if, ended Bo Jackson's career, and Bo Jackson's one of the greatest athletes to ever walk this planet. Um, he was almost the greatest athlete that never was because he didn't get to live out the whole career yeah, and everything. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, this is just a little bit earlier, obviously, for yeah. for Tua, but similar injury, similar um, you know, status and everything with, you know, just not being able to to live out like what you were going to say or like what you were yeah. saying. So, um, I don't know. It's upsetting to me. Yeah, it's even as a yeah. player, as you, even as a fan that uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I've despised to a, yeah, I've exactly. respected his game, but I despised him as a fan the past couple of years. You know, he broke my heart. <laughs> January, whatever eighth, ninth, seventh. I don't remember the date. 2018. Uh, I. But at the same time, this breaks my heart for him. So uh, yeah, I hope he gets better. I hope he finds his way back to football, whether whether it be at Alabama or whether it be in the NFL, um, or if it's one day in the XFL, something like that. I hope he finds his way back to what he loves to do. Hope he recovers. Um, as an as an unbiased fan, I hope that happens for him. Um, but nothing really we can do about that. Other like if we get if there's any updates, obviously we're we'll discuss that in the coming weeks. But I don't think we're gonna hear much about it anytime soon. No, I mean, we, we know that he had successful surgery this Monday. Um, like you said, he was dancing before. He's in high hopes. They've, he's had many many of his teammates uh, visit him and, and post to social media and, and such. So it's, you know, it's good to know that he's in the best hands. He was, you know, helicoptered back to the hospital as soon as they figured out what it was. And so I don't even think he he stayed much after the, the end of the game um, Saturday, but you know he's been in good hands and he's got he's got good people around him so i mean at least at least he's got that and um i mean you think about this, this is three it's just three years in a row or no not even three years in a row it's just three injuries in the past year or two yeah because um, uh i mean he got hurt last season and he got hurt against georgia and so he's got hurt this year yeah, so yeah it's at least of, the third time he's it's a lot hurt. of surgery he's and like rehab surgery, and yeah. he's he's still you know as far as we know has his heart on putting everything into football and that's just something yeah. you like to see from any player no matter what team or position or anything but and uh moving on to another dark topic yeah uh, a little bit more a, bad news just. uh uh news broke a couple of days ago uh Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford uh decided to delete his social media after he received death threats because they lost to Minnesota because, you know, it's all Sean Clifford's fault. Yeah, it's just the, one player. It's not coaches. He had a bad the, game. Yeah. He had probably the worst game of his life, three interceptions. It was a Jake Fromm versus South Carolina type of game for him. Yep. But the death threats, and this isn't the first time this has happened for players. Um, Like, uh, Cade Mays, the offensive lineman for, for UGA, uh, I have a class with him, actually. And, you know, we talked about this kind of stuff a few weeks back. And he actually admitted, yeah, I got death threats online from – Tennessee fans when I chose to commit to Georgia because I'm from Tennessee and so like I understand super fan and all that but I mean threatening uh, Ending 18 life. to 22 year olds life like yeah. because yeah, they he, didn't he, do what you wanted them to on the field like what or didn't even go to the school like you have nothing that goes into a position of picking a school no. like or decision I mean but it's just James, James Franklin was asked about it you know Penn State head coach and um, he just flat outside. He's like, it's it's concerning, because it happens more often than people know, and it really goes to show why Dabo Sweeney has his players uh, 
stay off of Instagram and yeah. Twitter and Snapchat and stuff, at least uh, for stories, I guess, on Snapchat for um, the entire football season. Yeah, and I think it's August 1st. He tells them to get off, and it's probably until after the national championship. They're not allowed to post or comment or like or anything. And it's good because we hear so much about how social media is detrimental to to people's health, mental health, not just players, but obviously when you're on that high of a pedestal, on that kind of stage, um, it just makes it even more difficult. Yeah. So I'm I'm all for that, all for your players staying off. I don't think it's that much to ask from from somebody like, hey, just delete the Instagram app for five months. I mean, you. Still I've done that before. It's yeah, exactly. it's really not that hard. Um and it keeps the noise out. I know a great example of a professional athlete that does this is LeBron James. He deletes social media right before the playoffs every year. He calls it his uh zero dark 30 or something like that. I don't know what that <laughs> means, but it's he's like activated uh and then he gets off of social media so he can completely focus on basketball and basketball alone. And this is something that you're probably going to see as mental health has become a bigger issue in sports, uh, something that's not really talked about a lot in the media, but like mental health and like the pressure that these kids face and then all the all the backlash they get. So uh, I'm, I'd be surprised if I actually wouldn't be surprised if this gets kind of thrown under the under the rug. But um, I think stuff like this needs to be covered more in the media. I think so as well. And um, I guess on our transition from bad news to good news starting with started with bad news it turned into (laughs) starting with the bad news yes chamberlain smith the uga student photographer um i i think she was the second most talked about person in college football this week behind two obviously um more so than joe burrow or you know jake Fromm or anybody up there um chamberlain smith and uh brian heron you know was just running out of bounds he um, he slowed down, but you know when you have a photographer that's on her knees with a heavy camera, um, not wearing pads or a helmet. Yeah, there's not really much she can do to get out of the way. There was it didn't look like a huge ton of contact. In it my was opinion. like I think it was just knee to the head. Maybe it was knee to the head. It looked like it was hard to tell. Yeah, it really was. But, but anyway, she she was knocked out cold. She was knocked out cold for a while, and I don't know. Were you listening to the game when this happened? I was watching it. I watched it okay, happen. But did, did you listen, like to the commentator? He was like laughing. He was like. He's like, haha, like she'll, she's gonna get up or something, she right? Wasn't like, moving, uh. And then like, like he's just not getting the urgency of the situation. He's not getting, hey, this girl's knocked out yeah. cold, and you need to shut up. Why, like, while the entire stadium is silent, while Brian Heron is being like, he talked, they ripped him away. Yeah, they had to rip him away. He's over there trying to make sure she's all right and stuff. And the commentator is still just going, like, just talking like it's some normal, like. When a ref like get like falls down and loses his hat and has to pick it up or something like it's not like that, like yeah. chill out for a second and like read the situation. So I mean that that ticked me off. But anyways, after the game, yeah, um, I think her sister put out on Instagram or something like, hey, it's, like good news, she's okay. It's funny because I I don't like I don't follow her sister, but I follow the Go Dogs hashtag, mm-hmm. and so both of them posted like the like with hashtag Go Dogs. So I actually saw those updates as they came, yeah. and then I saw Chamberlain actually posted the picture she took of Brian Heron. Yeah, Not a bad post- shot. Yeah, she posted it there too. She's like at Brian Heron. I hope you like the shot. Yeah. I hope you really like the shot I got. Yeah. Um, because she said everyone was asking for it. I'm sure that <coughs> I'm sure that that was her 15 seconds of fame or 15 minutes of fame. However, that's her week of fame, really. Yeah, <laughs> she, she uh, made headlines. I hope that she fully recovers from her concussion her, and, and bruises. Um, <laughs> and her bruises, obviously. But now on to some actual football. Yeah, we'll just kind of um, touch base on some of the major games this past week. Absolutely. Do you want to? Do you want to brag? Uh, yeah, I I can't. I told you so. Iowa beat Minnesota. Happens every year. Iowa beat somebody they're not supposed to. They were favored, weren't they? Weren't they actually favored this time? Two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. and they covered Vegas it. Vegas knows. Uh, Kinnick Stadium later on, you know, late afternoon, night. It's a tough place to play. Iowa's a, just a tough fundamental team. They're not going to put up a bunch of points on you, but they have a tough defense. Uh, they have a really good defensive end in A.J. Espinessa. I think that's how you pronounce it. A top draft prospect. Um, who I'm going to talk about later, actually. But uh, Tanner Morgan didn't really have a bad game, but Iowa was just up 20-3 to in the in the first half, and uh, 
controlled the game for the most part. Minnesota did have a, a comeback effort, but um, their kicking issues obviously plays a role. And uh, I'm not going to say Minnesota's quite out of the playoff yet because, I mean, they can still go on to be a, a 12-1 and Big Ten champion over Ohio State. I would put them in the playoff after that. I mean, you look at their... Their loss is obviously better than Georgia's loss because it's to Iowa, not yeah. South Carolina. It's to a ranked Iowa that I don't – what are they in the new ranking? They were 20 last week. I guess they Iowa moved is up. around 17 now. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess they moved up a little bit. They moved up three spots to 17. Minnesota dropped a couple, obviously, back down to where they were a week or two ago. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, like Tanner Morgan, who obviously is the reason – P.J. Fleck and Tanner Morgan are the – the face and the names of yeah. and they got a couple stud receivers too. Um, but yeah, I mean, he completed almost seventy percent for over three hundred sixty yards. But he only, you know, in the red zone, they just couldn't complete it. They only had a touchdown. Um, it just wasn't going their way offensively, and and their defense, you know, held them to twenty three, but just didn't uh, wasn't enough. Um, wasn't enough to get it done at the end of the day. So. Congratulations, Ryan! You are you are one game closer. I know. I'm to sneaking back up a little bit. Record. You're only you're only one behind me now. Yeah. Two weeks ago, I think to, you were three behind me. I'm about so. to make a, another splash this weekend with that. Another splash. Okay. Um. You calling for Penn State then? Uh, probably not. <laughs> no, not after that Sean Clifford performance. No. Uh, Georgia outlasts Auburn. 21 to 14. Uh, they dominated through three quarters. Uh, that God, I thought it was going to be a shutout, dude. Uh, it was that would have been really cool. Um, and then Georgia allowed their first rushing touchdown in the fourth quarter. Bo Nix leaps into the end zone Congrats. and kind of ends that historic streak. Congrats, Bo. Um, Bo Nix is going to be very good in a year or two. W- he's going to be very good in a year or two. I think so. I don't think he's going to be like the quarterbacks we're watching today and the statistics we're looking at. With Joe Burrow and Tua and Jalen and I don't, I Justin think, Fields. No, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be like, do you remember Nick Marshall at Auburn mm-hmm. that took them to the um, championship against Florida State? I think he could possibly have that type of career. Okay. Not maybe an NFL type or a Heisman type Cam Newton run, but like a Nick Marshall, like all-time great Auburn quarterback kind of level. I'm not going to say he's going to be the best player in college football, but he's going to be good. That was a really tough defense and uh, – UGA played conservative in the fourth fourth quarter. That's why that score is not super indicative of how the game really went for the most part. Um, well, and I thought it was interesting because, you know, in in our lifetime, Georgia's like very often just been a second half team, and even like earlier in the yeah. season, you know, our second our halftime adjustments are uh, just like really beneficial, and you see like a complete change. And uh, I thought Auburn really took that title this week. Yeah, and I. You know, want to congratulate uh, Bus. I mean, not Bus. <laughs> Bo and Gus, and you know, just like the team in general, just like they came out after halftime and they said, you know, we're not going to give up. Um, they kept going, and they, you know, didn't quite pull in Oklahoma, but uh, no. <laughs> it almost came back. Um, and UGA on offense is still Auburn has a really good defense, but. UGA needs to get more creative with their routes um, if they want to beat an LSU. They need to put up points, and they're just not creative in the passing game. Uh, They're relying a little too much on the run. Um, Fromm's numbers are just – his completion percentage numbers have just dwindled the last few weeks. 13 for 28. Uh, It's just not typical of him, but that's been happening recently. Uh, The UGA offense, there's definitely some concern. For, for me at least, uh, the defense is, is lights out, though. Yeah, I mean, offense, we've been saying for a month now uh, they need to step it up. But, um, I mean, Rodrigo is just another couple points away from being an all-time scoring leader. Uh, Swift just went over 1,000 yards, joining Chubb, Marino, and Herschel uh, with back-to-back 1,000-plus-yard seasons at Georgia. And he's now the Georgia running back reception leader. Passing Todd Gurley. Yeah, so, I mean, you, it's it's just crazy to see all this talent. And 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 them only, you know, not putting up only 33 points a game. So. Yeah, so you really question, is um, Coley the right man for the job? When you have 
some of the best talent that's been at Georgia in the past decade or so um, and setting you know school records and such but just not performing at the at the level that's needed at this time in this era in college football yeah when LSU can put up you know 58 points in a game when's the last time Georgia put up 58. I couldn't uh, tell you. Arkansas State or Murray State, yeah, but like fifty-five. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like against like an SEC team against an actual. Who, who puts up fifty-eight points against an SEC team? Bama probably has. LSU probably has, and those are the people we have to play. You know. Well, Georgia has the money for it. Find the right guy. Yeah, uh, that's my thing. I heard somewhere that from like their opinion was that from you know could could talk Kirby into getting a new offensive coordinator for next season and Fromm would stay his senior year. Like, just as, like, a um, hypothetical, obviously. But I'd, I'd be completely down with that. I, I don't know. Uh, I think we need to let the season play out. Obviously, there needs to be at least some sort of a change on offense. And my thing is, why can't Georgia run plays like like Bama does with, like, the slants and the and the deep balls and everything, you know, it's not that hard to those routes aren't that complicated. Uh, we have athletic receivers who could take it to the house, like Dominic Blaylock on a slant or or a screen or something like that. It's the play calling. It's the play design, really. Um, I think half of it's the play design, not just the calling. Um, something they're gonna have to get together if they're gonna want to beat LSU, because. They can't 100% rely on that defense, even though I think it's the most talented defense Georgia's had. There's not a star leader like there was in the past with Roquan Smith, um, like DeAndre Walker last year, and and DeAndre Baker last year. Um, But this is the most complete and deep defense where they rotate in that line. They have a lot of backs and and linebackers. So... um, they need to capitalize on that because it's not obviously not going to be the same defense next year. Who knows if it's better or worse? We won't know until the season starts. Uh, this is Georgia's great opportunity to win it all this year, and they they it's on the offense, in my opinion. Um, that's kind of all I have to say about the dogs at the moment. Yeah, I mean, just congrats for another SEC East clinch three years in a row. And um, this helps their strength of record and schedule a lot, oh, which for sure, another. which in the end really doesn't matter because there's they. UJ screwed themselves by losing to South Carolina, and now all that matters is beating Ellis or winning out. It's the whole strength of record thing. I don't want to hear that crap when you're talking about Georgia. Um, I because, mean, I think it's gotten to them to where they are, which is in the top four. Yeah, but what I'm saying if is they if they lose to LSU, they're out. If they lose to Texas and beat LSU, they're probably out too. Well, I mean, for the future, yes, it doesn't matter. Like, it didn't really matter that Auburn was a good team or not because Georgia already made their way into the top four. But beating Florida, beating Notre Dame, um, I don't think we'd be in the top four. I think we'd be behind Oregon and possibly Utah um, if we didn't have a single ranked win. Oh, had a yeah, no, we'd be back at like That's eight-ish. what I'm saying. Yeah, you're so right. So it, it does matter that we have those wins. We'd be in wins. the Penn State range. Um, it does matter that we have those wins. But from here on out, I mean, you just you just got to win. It can look ugly probably. I mean, we could win yeah. by a point over A&M and a point over Tech and – if we somehow pull out a dub against LSU um, and go dogs, and they're they're in it for the their second time in the playoff era. Yeah, not a lot of people um, predicting that at the moment. I'm not so sure I'm gonna predict that, but uh, but I mean possible go, for sure. Going into LSU, uh, you know, because yeah. they're most likely gonna be the team. They haven't clinched the West officially. They will though. Well, obviously, um, um, but they haven't officially clinched the West, but. If it is Georgia versus LSU in Atlanta, um, how, like, how much can this, uh, would you say, inconsistent Georgia offense, this inefficient, how about inefficient Georgia offense, put up against a extremely subpar uh, LSU defense that allowed six hundred eleven yards, I believe, from Ole Miss, Land Sharks, like, I don't know. Um, when you have a quarterback rush, what was it, 212 rushing yards and four <laughs> rushing touchdowns over the number one team in the nation. It's ridiculous. John it- Rice Plumley, he's an interesting guy. Uh, fourth in the SEC in rushing yards. <laughs> I, that's the stat I saw today. I was like, what? 
uh, and I was kind of in disbelief. I didn't realize I knew that he was playing well. Um, but, you know, LSU only – the first half was really dominant, but they allowed 37 points and a 58-37 win. Um, and Burrow threw two interceptions, which is, you know, not very characteristic. But he did put up five touchdowns and almost 500 yards. Um, but – LSU's defense obviously has some holes, and they're missing Michael Divinity now, their best pass rusher. So, um, they I don't know how much could Georgia put up. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I mean them? with around with, thirty with Swift, that's putting up uh, better games. I mean, he's putting up better like yardage for the past couple games. Um, and then obviously LSU just can't stop the run game. I mean, I think Georgia's got a chance. Uh, at least keep it close. I don't know about. Um, a twenty-one to fourteen win or anything, it would be around thirty something, twenty something. Um, regardless of who wins, that's that would be my prediction. Yeah, I probably. mean, obviously, I don't think you got. I don't L- think it's gonna be in the forties. Obviously, you want to compare LSU Bama and be like, oh well, if if Bama can beat them, why should Georgia? Because you know, Georgia's not as good of a team as Bama. They're not as talented. Well, maybe on offense they don't have as big of names because Georgia just has Cager and obviously. Uh, when you got two in his receiving core, it's just um, stacked with celebrities on the field. Yeah, but with some studs. Yeah, some but studs. you look at the you look at the defense that Georgia has, and that that sets them up for a lot more opportunity to uh, to pull out a win in Atlanta. And so that would be, a, I think, in my opinion, it's possible. I don't oh, know about it's probable. very possible. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about I don't probable. Know. We'll no, see that's when a good time way to put comes. It. Possible, but probably probably not probable. Maybe. <laughs> um, Oklahoma and Baylor. Comeback of the week. 28-3. to three. There's something about that number, right? Um, as a Falcons at least it fan. Wasn't a, yes. At least it wasn't a Georgia team this time. Yeah. 34-31 um, to 31 ended up being the final. Oklahoma taking, taking it against the Bears. But uh, this, this for some reason, this game just felt irrelevant to me. Well, I, I couldn't even like Baylor started dominant. I was like, what? I was like, I think the Big Twelve has eliminated themselves from the playoff. Uh, there's there is a scenario where Oklahoma slips in, but I think it's very unlikely. Oh, it's extremely unlikely. I actually think Baylor would be more likely to make the playoff than Oklahoma, because Baylor beating Oklahoma in the Big Twelve championship would look better than Oklahoma just beating Baylor twice. It's just an Oklahoma-Texas rematch from last yeah. year. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely <laughs> possible but not probable. No, we'll, I don't, we'll put it on another one of those. No, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Big 12's out. Yeah, <laughs> They're not I mean, making the playoff. Um, I might have said it last week, actually. Um, yeah, because you're all in the Pac-12 now. Um, hey, it's not not the worst thing in the world. Do you stay up and watch Pac-12 after dark? Just a not really. Okay. But I know what I'm talking about. You can I, stop at the, the no instead of not really. You don't have to add the, the T really. Um, <laughs> we we know you don't. It's okay, though. I Like, I watch the highlights. I read about <laughs> it. I, I know what's going on. Um, I know that Oregon and Utah are two of the best defenses in the entire nation. And, you know, speaking of them, I they both handled business this week. Um, Tyler Huntley, a quarterback not a lot of people know, super efficient. In a forty-nine to three, dominate domination of UCLA, you know, he's fourteen for eighteen, three thirty-five, two touchdowns. He puts this up all the time. Uh, very good quarterback, and and then you got Herbert. You know those are two great quarterbacks. Pac-12, don't count them out yet, man. Because if LSU beats Georgia, the Pac-12 champion is the most likely number four. Tell me, tell me otherwise. Who else is going to be there? I hate to say it, but like, you, have you seen Bama's odds to make the playoff? I think they're that's still total at, bull crap. They're still at like forty something. Okay, you're okay. I don't care what the odds are. All that Jackson Strickland. Okay, either way, because Dude, they're so even. It's not no, 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 me it's deciding it. Yeah, I I'm know, not but saying it, who's it, the better team. It who, doesn't matter. Who deserves it more? I'm saying who do I think is going to get in the playoff? Whoever the playoff committee picks, and I would not I'm, be surprised if Bama slips back in there just like two years ago. When, as we're seeing right now, they handled business. We- over a one-loss Oregon, who who this is obviously hypothetical, who beats Utah in the Pac-12 championship, and their one loss was to Auburn, who now is probably going to be favored against Bama. You sure about that? I yeah, with know. Mac Jones at quarterback, they're thinking Auburn's probably going to win. 
That's what I was reading about it. I, it might be a pick em. It might just be even, dude. I think they could definitely beat Bama. I mean, if they, they, they could have before. They but can. they could have beat, beat Georgia, too, and they didn't. And that was a very sloppy three quarters. And if Bama controls the game for three quarters, it's going to be just like Georgia. Like, they're not going to let it up all in the fourth quarter. Bama doesn't do that. Whether it's Mac Jones or, you know, Jim Jones at quarterback. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's it's still Alabama just because they're missing Tua, who, yes, is the best player on the team. Um, hmm. You know, I just... I, I would know. say Jerry Judy's the best player on the team. Really? Jerry Judy's good, dude. He's You're disrespecting an injured player. I'm not disrespecting That might not Tua. ever play again. I'm not disrespecting Tua. I did, I did want to say... Was he not my Heisman fact. prediction? He was. Sorry, I lost that, obviously. We both lost that because Joe, Joe Burrow is the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, who, The only people that have the opportunity to make a push is Justin Fields dominating. Oh, what if he dominates Penn State? Oh, there's a lot of what-ifs. That doesn't matter. But I, I'll, Let me see I my fun respect, fact. Let me see my what's fun, your fun fact. fact. Tua and Jalen's last throws in Tuscaloosa were both touchdowns. That's good to hear. Like that's good for me. Like I like that their last pass, their last throw, they put up six each time. That's good stuff. Yeah, it is good. It's just a little feel good stat. That's a good transition into uh, players of the week. Uh, sure. Which <laughs> your guy who we had talked about already? Yeah, I mean we already talked about John Rice Plumley. Uh, just a casual two hundred twelve rushing yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> Um, sounds like a Travis Etienne staff, but no, it's a quarterback that also went nine of sixteen for another hundred twenty three yards. Um, nope, nope, touchdowns through the air and an interception. Pick, but the, we're not going to knock like, him too much for the interception. No, I don't care about the interception. A, you had four rushing touchdowns. Like, okay, Lamar, like just go off. And I'm picking someone from the same game actually. Go for uh, it, Jamar Chase. Uh, eight catches, two hundred twenty seven yards, and three touchdowns. He was. He was Burrow's favorite target that day. Uh, Justin Jefferson actually had more catches than Jamar Chase, but uh, Chase obviously got more production. Right. Um, I want to know LSU's receivers, like, their yards after contact, their yards after the catch, and just, like, how much work they put in. Because I know that they're some of the best receivers, obviously. Something you could probably get deep into the stats and find. Uh, Defense, uh, as I said, I was going to talk about this guy more, A.J. Espinessa. Iowa's defensive end. He's one of the top draft uh, prospects. Two and a half sacks and a quarterback hurry. And one of his sacks came on the last drive that put Minnesota out of scoring range, made it third and 21 for them. So a uh, big game from him. Obviously on a big stage, he kind of showed scouts that he can he can really ball out. You want to finish with your special you know, teams You know, got a defense or special teams? No, I mean, there were obviously plenty of defensive players that – that balled out, but I don't have anybody uh, notable, I guess. That well, uh, special teams. I watching the game, the Auburn Georgia game. Jake Camarda he punted eleven times, which that's a little bit of a knock on on Georgia's offense. Um, but average of fifty point seven, which is pretty solid. But uh, the sixty seven yard bomb that he kicked, I thought it was seventy five, eighty yards. Like watching it live, I was like, oh my gosh! Like I looked at my dad, I was like. How, how long did he just punt that for? It ended up being 67. Uh, that was the official. Um, but he got SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. And uh, so I'm, I'm a punter guy on the Special Teams of the Week a lot of the times. But uh, Jake Camarda, a uh, little shout-out to you. Um, going to start looking ahead to next week now. Uh, not a lot of big <coughs> games, really, but – there's one really big game. Obviously, it's and that's, a game that we've been looking forward to for yeah, a long what, time. two months now or something. I mean, uh, Ohio State, uh, Penn State's traveling to them. That's uh, where game day is going to be. It's a noon kickoff, which I, w- I don't understand really, uh, but it is what it is. It is. And I don't know if that has to do with Fox being the ones that jumped on the game and they're going to be the ones broadcasting. I don't know, but a little strange to me. I thought that would have been a – a seven thirty eight o'clock kickoff for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's obviously like the the easiest pick for that to be college game day, and we know that uh, game day has already visited um, Nebraska when Ohio State traveled there earlier, and um, you know the last time game day was in Columbus 
for Ohio State was uh, their Michigan game last year, which Buckeyes dominated 62-39. to 39. Um, Do they put up any type of similar numbers in this game, 62-39 against a Penn State? They could. I think they have. They have what it takes to. Eighteen is a. <sighs> yeah, I think they're probably gonna beat them by three touchdowns. That's what I'd say. I could say like a twenty-one point victory. Cool. Right now, that'd be what I'd say. Yeah. Um, they definitely have the talent, and you know, if Sean Clifford, you compared him to Jake Fromm earlier, you know, where he has a three or four turnover game. Yeah. You look at Fromm's next game. It was Kentucky. And he had, well, okay, that was a monsoon though. That was the the rain game. That, I mean, dude, everyone I, plays can, in the rain at some point. Yeah, but or that another. was bad. That was that was pouring down rain. Dude, you can't blame everything just because there was rain. You're not his completion percentage was good. Oh, congrats! <laughs> because he had safe throws yeah. because they didn't want to call anything risky, so he throws was three touchdowns. Hey, they shut twenty one to nothing. That's all I'm saying. He wasn't the defense. Okay, what I don't I'm saying know what's is, gonna what happen. Saying, okay. I don't know what's gonna happen with. I'm saying is Sean Clifford. What are gonna, you? Yeah. What are you saying? Why is Sean Clifford going to be able to put up anywhere near 39 points with that with his offense? Bro, not against Ohio State's defense, probably not. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Ohio State's going to put up 62 though. I think this is more of a 40 something, 20 something. I honestly think like 49 to 21, Ohio State doubles and dominates. I'm going to say 45, 24, roughly. That okay. would be my. So you're just taking a little softer version of mine. That's yeah. okay though. Uh-huh. Some field goals in the game, I think. Uh, but you know, Fields has a thirty-one to one touchdown interception ratio. That's that's pretty wild. Uh, I didn't realize he only had one pick. And that's his only college interception ever because he didn't throw one at Georgia last year. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't have that many <laughs> attempts, but he still had enough. I mean, that's that's less picks than Trevor Lawrence had in like the first half of the Tech game <laughs> in week one. Before uh-huh. before even week one, it was on a Thursday that game. So I mean. <laughs> I, I'm not knocking Trevor Lawrence. I just thought that it was funny that, obviously, uh, Justin Fields is dominant. He is. He really is. And uh, he was actually committed to Penn State at one point in time, which I did not find out until yesterday. Um, so this is a little bit interesting, obviously, how different that program might have been. You know, how how many programs has Justin Fields affected now? That's three for sure. Uh, Gosh, I mean. He's obviously had his hands in, in the jar at Georgia. He's affected Penn State, and now he's the leader at Ohio State. So, I mean, you can say, I don't know. Would you attribute at all Easton leaving due to, to fields? fields coming? I don't, I don't know. know. Because if so, I mean, that impacts Washington. And then when Easton went to Washington, oh, then their, right, backup, <laughs> their backup quarterback under Browning, which was the second string and would have been third string, um, transferred to, like, Cal or Southern Cal. And so... Yeah, go ahead and go go ahead and give him five or six <laughs> programs that feel just, and people um, he's affecting other people's lives with his oh, decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, if he's the reason that Chamberlain Smith got injured, I mean, the knows? world may never know. Who okay. knows if Brian Heron would have been the running back at the time? Or oh my gosh, <laughs> Fields probably would have had that play, and you know, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Speaking of Georgia, A uh, and M. Not ranked in the, ranked, in the college ranked football Ranked and unranked, rankings, but, yeah. whatever. Put them on the edge. They're 25 or 26, depending on what you're looking at, in my opinion. Something around that. They're um, very they're, good. Very good team, but inconsistent. Kalamon, inconsistent. They're going into Athens. Uh, George is obviously coming off a big road win. Do you see this as any sort of trap game? Uh, or, you know, what does Georgia need to do to, to take this one? Or what does, what does Texas A&M need to do to go in and, and just – really mess with the dog season. What was it going to take from from the Aggies? Uh, They'll need, you know, Georgia's only loss came because primarily, I mean, what would have sealed the game for the dogs against Carolina is turnovers. Yeah. So if A&M can capitalize on turnovers, whether it's fumbles or uh, interceptions, you know, just some turnovers, maybe turnovers on down, I mean, turnover on downs, plural, that's, weird yeah turnovers on downs is... it's turnover on downs it's just it's turnover okay, but, on downs. If, but if there's multiple turnovers oh okay i don't see uh, georgia have a multiple turnover on the was... exactly um i don't see it either that's why i think this is a sealed game for the dogs um of course we also thought that about carolina yeah i'm not someone that thinks that you know a top four team can drop two given games in one season 
It doesn't happen often. And if yeah, that's the case, Georgia's it, not a top ten, top four team. You know, if they drop this one, obviously. So well, I mean, I'm saying like top four ranked. I'm saying I just don't think it's gonna happen. Um, in general, so if I mean they cover if, thirteen and a half. If A and M can intercept Fromm at least twice, and then shut down Swift. That's a tall task. No, it's an extremely tall task. But then, you know, somehow they'll have to throw over. Um, you know, out throw from and then just compete a little bit with the running game, which with Spiller is right. obviously extremely hard to do against Georgia's defensive line. Yeah, that's extremely underrated. But uh, and this is senior. This is considered senior night for Georgia. Three thirty kickoff. Um, so obviously emotions are gonna be high for some of those guys. I know right. Tate Crowder is one of them. Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, the fan favorite, you know. There's actually not that many seniors on this roster as there has been in the past, but uh, lots of guys that could be playing their last game in Athens, uh, like a JRE, Richard LeCount type player, DeAndre Swift, Jake Fromm, you know. So this is a. Lawrence Cager. <laughs> his four solid years here. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's put everything uh, in his career into this team. Into George Full. Um, for the past. <laughs> Eight months but yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a good example. Tyler Simmons, thank thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, really. Man, Tyler Simmons. I don't really want to bash players, but uh, he just not a lot of good comes from Tyler Simmons. This, no, uh, and it's he's it, just had a. I just don't understand why he starts really. Solid backup receiver, but why is he starting in a lot of these big games? I don't know, because he has so many drop balls. But I don't want to get on a Tyler Simmons tangent. Um, obviously, you're gonna be a love dog, but. So hopefully you you can do some good in the A and M game, but uh, Pac twelve the the contenders Oregon Utah, both traveling to Arizona but to two different schools this weekend. Um, I'm gonna be comparing how Utah takes care of Arizona versus how Oregon did last week. Obviously Oregon won thirty four to six. Do you think Utah wins bigger? Um, going into I don't think so because Tucson. it's. Because Oregon hosted Arizona. That's true. So that, I mean, that obviously helps having a little bit of a home advantage. Um, and when you're talking about two teams that are so similar, playing obviously the same team, um, just a week apart, uh, no, I think I think Arizona maybe holds off Utah just a little bit, even if I do think that Utah might be a better team than Oregon. Um, I think the, the name Justin Herber and just like the, um, the program of Oregon itself um, – you know, having some success in the past decade, uh, a little more so than Utah. Um, I think that's probably the main reason they're ranked above Utah. I would actually say that Utah is a better team. Well, I think, I think the reason they're ranked above Utah is because they're, it's they're considered to have a better loss. Um, I know, like, I kind of get upset talking about the better loss argument, but that's what the committee views. They they view Oregon's loss as a better loss than Utah's because Oregon. Uh, you know, lost on a last-second touchdown against Auburn in Week One, and Utah obviously lost to USC, who's actually ranked for the first time since the end of 2017. But um, I think that uh, I think that's why Oregon's ahead of Utah. I don't. I think they're very even teams. There's not really much of a difference. They both have incredible defenses. They both have some big names on offenses. Good quarterbacks. Um, I think they're both going to handle their own this weekend. Uh, We'll see. I don't think there's going to be too much of a shakeup at the top. There wasn't this weekend. Uh, obviously, the top seven stayed the same, and the only shifts in the top ten came because of the Minnesota loss to Iowa. But um, I'm a not a lot different than the playoff rankings last week, where everyone, uh, literally every team in the top twenty-five, shifted at least a spot. Um, We're actually watching the Clemson Alabama <laughs> game from a couple years ago. I know we usually have on SEC Nation or something. Right now, we have on. Uh, ESPNU national championship. Um, Clemson currently trails fourteen seventeen in the third quarter. Currently. currently, yes. And Deshaun Watson just did his famous helicopter, um, which still scared me to this day. Watching this just a second ago. I yeah, I uh, remember he, thinking that he was down for the count on that one. Oh but. gosh, I mean, you got two defenders coming in, and then a third one pretty close behind, and he just gets hit really awkwardly on a third down where he decides to run it um, just because he's a, an athlete and can do that. Um, scary helicopter. Anyways. Don't want any injuries. 
Um, do you want? But that was a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just a couple years ago, and since then, you know, maybe he has had a couple surgeries and got kicked in the eye, but he's still going crazy in the NFL. Um, so, do you want to finish it out on your your new segment? Yes. Not nope. new. Well, new because we used it's it last new to us. week. Well, yeah, but I think I liked it a lot. Um, no explanation. I like the I like the speed to it. Okay. I like the speed too. I think that that made it really interesting. No explanation. Rapid fire. Take it or leave Take it. Take it or leave it. All right. Here's what I got. Coach O is coach of the year. Take it. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna leave that right now. Okay. Tua should not enter the draft. Should not enter the draft. Be careful about how you. Josh, dude, I can't even rapid fire with this one, and I've even thought about it in the past couple of days. I just don't know. We don't know enough about. Okay. About it. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Gosh, why is it worded that way? Tua should not enter the draft. Should he enter the draft? N- yes. I think he should enter the draft. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you're really okay. sure on that one. Joe Brady, offensive coordinator for LSU, will be a head coach next year at a different program. Take it or leave it. Leave it. I'm leaving it, too. I think he'll stay for at least another year, too. Gus Malzahn's on the hot seat after losing to UGA. Leave it. I'm taking it because he's been on the hot seat for years. He's on the hot seat every week. So is Jim Harbaugh. That's Gus Malzahn. Is it really that hot if you're still there every year? No explanation. Keep going. <laughs> Last one. Bama gets in. Take it or leave it. Leave. Leave it. That's pretty much it. So, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. That wasn't quite as rapid fire as last week. We'll work on that next week. No, and we also have more time. We're our. It was kind of perfect we were in a rush last week. Yeah, last week we were in a rush and recording was about to run out. But anyways, uh, appreciate y'all sticking with us for another episode, another week of college football. And uh, next week's episode is actually we're supposed to record Sunday so uh, because of the Thanksgiving week and everything. So um, look out for that. Obviously, there will be updates. Um, You know, we'll put stuff on the story. And obviously, we'll be posting some this weekend about uh, football. But we'll be... We'll be in Athens at the game. Um, Absolutely. Let us know if you're here. Let us know if you all have any questions before this week. Go like and comment on some of the posts. And you know, just let us know your thoughts on the on the episode, how we can maybe improve them each week, or uh, if you have an idea for a segment, or if you just have some opinions that you want to share and maybe be featured if, if we respect yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to start doing some call-ins. You know, that'd be okay. kind of cool. Okay, we can do a call-in or two. If anyone thinks they have something – Really interesting, they should say. Then uh, maybe a, maybe a call in soon, but uh, that's pretty much it. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening.